0: Every pundit's favourite time of the season, round five. Time where you make your bold prediction for the year. Every news outlet is running with it. Everyone knows who the Premier's going to be already. Everyone knows who's cooked. Everyone knows which coach is getting sacked and exactly when. And with me is a bloke who likes to do just that. But unlike most, he's very right. And coming off of Rich Forbes from a very, very good weekend, apparently, is the people's punter. Big, bustling, Baz. How are you, mate? Did you watch any football this weekend? The Sound of Things... Did
1: uh, no, I didn't watch a lot to be honest due to uh, obviously, wedding and my own footy. And then I went to the comedy fest on Sunday and I had to recover uh, after a big night Saturday night, so I didn't watch too much football, but I did uh, keep across all the games via uh, the AFL live app and sports mate app. And uh, yeah, just tried to watch as much as I could. Did watch, did watch uh, Thursday, Friday, but yeah, most of the games over the weekend I kind of missed out on so due to my own football commitments and then wedding bonanzas.
0: And what a bonanza it was. But uh, people can reach out to you on your Patreon for that story. That's one's worth worth paying for.
1: Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. We'll get straight into
0: it here, Baz. We'll get into the coach's corner. That's why you're here. Be the people's coach. And my question to you, it surrounds Carlton a little bit, but it's beyond that. So it's my question is, Broad, what is development? It comes off the back of uh, a lot of outlets this this week saying that Carlton needs to get rid of their list cloggers if you're Kane Corns, saying that Tigi needs to get up and fire, like gets up, fire and brimstone and take people to account if you're a David King. It's saying that they didn't do it all right in the draft. It's saying that potentially their, their d- development coaches are no good. Well, they wouldn't have any this year due to all the restrictions on their soft cap. So I want to break down what is development for you because you are an under 19s coach in the amateur and so if anyone knows development and not getting to pick and choose it's it's you you get given kids and then you work out what to do and so my first question is do you have a game style in mind and then make your kids play to that or do you look at which kids you have across the whole squad and then try and play to their strengths
1: i definitely try and play to your squad strengths so i mean Generally at Brighton, we don't have a lot of tools. Uh, it's just a club that's just never really produced a lot of tools. We, you know, we always promote from within. We always, our whole system's from within, so they all come across from the school and that's pretty much it. We don't really get a lot of recruits in from out of the school or haven't previously been to the school. And really, tools haven't really uh, been something that comes a lot from the school. I don't know why, but it just the way it is. So you know, our game style is definitely based around that. And, um this year however like we have got a couple of targets so our pre-season training is probably might have to adapt a little bit to now we can obviously go a bit longer down the line be a bit safer at times but we still want to take the game on so you do adjust to what you what players you have and what talent you have available and you know if you don't have the talent then you want to make it a scrap and you want to make it as, as tight and as hard as you can and if you do have the talent, then maybe, you know, a couple of years ago, I, wanted, I had the talent, so I really wanted to play quick, moving, good, good, quiet, change change angles, back your skills in a lot more. But sometimes that can also lead to, you know, over So it's a fine balance and it's a lot of teaching and, and trying to, you know, teach the kids as much as possible and get them for their feedback and a lot of learning so you know video footage and that sort of stuff to teach them how to do it and, and show them examples and and then doing the drills at training or doing lots of match sim and then put blowing and whistle at a certain point when it happens and go all right what should we have done here is this but B A B C D and then get them to explain as much as you can so you yeah, know they start to learn it. And they might not always you know they might not always agree with you and that's fine. You can have an honest uh conversation everyone has different opinions it's about being respectful and I think if you got that respect from your playing group and everything, and uh, no one takes it personally because you do have that respect, and you know that you're all aiming for a common goal, then that's that, that's the best way to go forward.
0: And so, from the outside looking in, what do you think Carlton is doing? Do you reckon they're doing that method that you've taken? Like, are they making the most strengths out of what they've got, or has David Teague decided on a certain style of football and trying to, you know, push a square peg into a round hole, as the saying goes?
1: I think from watching Te, uh, and especially like even, I know we've mentioned that um, doco a few times, but getting, and it's obviously produced, so you don't know what it's really like, you know, and how much it was shown you. But even from hearing him speaking to media, I feel like he's too much, uh, or if, like maybe too matey with the players. I reckon there's a fine balance. Like I think AFL is be different to like local level as well. Like you know. Local level, you need you need to be made with them because you're playing you're not you're playing with sheep stations yeah? Mm. but you still need to be hard and firm and have that respect that when you speak up or or, or or you know challenge the group that they they respect and they they fight back and answer back. I don't think Carlton have that to a certain degree and the way he speaks. And then I don't think they've got the cattle either. And you know I, I noticed last night on the couch that uh, they actually brought this up it was about. You know, maybe you throw players around different positions and see what you've got. No, I think, you know, the one, I mean, for us at a local level, we only get probably two or three coach games. This year we had one. But otherwise you've got your intra-club games or little scratches you have between yourselves to see where players can play in certain positions or try something out. Tiki's been here a couple of years. A lot of these players a fair bit. Surely he knows, that, oh, hang on a minute, SPS played a lot of midfield time with Bolton, and was a very good midfielder. Like, he's a good outside midfielder. He probably adds to... If you've got Cripps and uh, Welsh getting the ball on, on the inside and they can get out to an SBS. what better? He's, he's, he's an equivalent to a hill, probably a little bit better, and he's a little bit harder than Hill. hill. So why isn't that happening? I know they got ball ish, use issues off half-back, but is he being as effective there as what he could be as a midfielder? So, and midfield is more important... <laughs> I've, I've, I'm on the philosophy philosophy this year that if you don't win the clearance and win your own ball, then you're no good. Like you can have all the structures and all the desire and all the everything, all all that sort of stuff you want in the world, but if you don't win the footy and get it out of a clearance, out of a stoppage, and have first use, that goes all out the window because then you're just reacting to whatever the opposition's doing.
0: And it has definitely gone more that way, and we'll get into a few teams that we're going to sell on this week that are absolutely diabolical around the clearances. Uh, another question about the kids then is that obviously the three weeks now in a row, I think there's been a team in crisis. So last week it was Collingwood, this week it's Carlton, and everyone, everyone's favourite pundit is just to come out and say, play the kids, play the kids. Does gifting kids' games do anything? And then, how many games does a player need before you know that they're, you know, quote unquote, good or not good? Because again, everyone's saying that Carlton has list cloggers and et cetera, et cetera. But like, if they don't play, then how do you know? A. And then, if they're not playing, surely there's a reason why they're not playing. And that's because they're not good enough to get into the best 22. Well,
1: it could be that, or it could be they're not, um, their body isn't ready. So it might be if it's too small, not physically strong enough, which means I get pushed around or hurt. Uh, they, might not be fit, they might not be fit enough. They might not be up to AFL level fitness, which again means they're going to get hurt and injured. So why would you bring a kid in at 18, 19 and have him getting soft tissue injuries or anything like that when he's not quite ready in his body, when in a year's time you can get him in and then play and, you know, say and he doesn't have any injury issues and he's had a full season of BFL. And depending on what club you're at, that full season of BFL can be very, very good for their development. If they're good enough and they're up to it, I, 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 most teams and you look at your Port Adelaide, your Sydneys and stuff, they have waited for kids to come in. They're good enough, yep. They're body right, yep. We're playing them, and that's I think that's my bit of frustration with probably a couple of you know, Mcginnis isn't ready yet. His body's not ready. They've always said that he would be ready for probably until halfway through the year because he needs to build his tank, and he's not, not, probably not ready for that sort of stuff. And He could be, you know, soft tissue injuries and all that. But the other boys like Henry and and McRae, they're ready to play. They should be in. For mine, they should be in. I feel a bit sorry for uh, Henry because he, he played the first game and you know didn't get quite near against a bloody good side as Five and Zip at the moment. So is that his only opportunities going to get? You know, McRae did all right in the weekend. Uh, McCurry did all right again. So like, just playing them if they're good enough. I think they should be getting in, especially if you got blokes, you know, who aren't going to probably be there in the next premiership window so you're almost going to look forward but you still want to be competitive so it's a, it is a fine balance I think the injuries to Collingwood are probably going to be well, I'm talking for Collingwood mainly but I'm probably I know we're probably talk about Carlton a bit but injuries for Collingwood this week I reckon are, are good because it means we're going to see some kids and you look at Essendon they're forced to play the kids and you're starting to see like they haven't won many games you're starting to see the development of these kids and how they can play and what what their future holds and the game style as well, all of a sudden it looks a lot better. So it gives fans hope when, like you look at Cartland, we know they've got an aging list. So if they're not winning games of football now and they're not playing the kids that they've brought in, I know they've got some injury issues, but so does every club, then supporters lose faith and lose hope. And they think, oh, we're going to be crap here for a few years. But if they start seeing kids playing and doing well, then they're like, oh, actually, I don't mind if my team's losing because I know that we've got these three blokes in the year for the next five to 10 years and dominating for us. And then I know they're going to be a part of our premiership window. So then all of a sudden, you you've got blokes like Matthews like me who are looking towards next year's draft and going, oh, we're going to finish by here in the ladder, bottom four for Collingwood. So let's, I know we're get Nick Dacos. All right, where's our other selections? What other kids can I start looking at? Hopefully we draft.
0: So probably the last question around this then is how many games is enough? And so you, you said, you know, like Henry got it for Collingwood round one against Melbourne, didn't get near it, hasn't been seen since. That Would you, fair. if you were a, an AFL coach, do you basically go to these, you day deba- you being deba- you a kid in the first couple of rounds and you just say, you've got four games. We don't don't worry about this game. We're going to back you in for four games and then we'll reassess. Or is it have to be game by game?
1: Game by game, and I think opponent as well. Yeah, because if you know, if you're, like if you got a Ruckman and he's coming up against a Grundy or a Steph Martin or Max Gorn, you're like, mm, do I want to expose him to this and have him a, get smashed? Is he the type of kid that's going to rebound from that, or is he going to take bleatings from it? Or against you know coming up against the currently you know someone like a Gold Coast who've got no rucks or a Geelong who've got no rucks and be like, you know what, he's probably going to go. he'll he'll break even, he'll get something out of it, stuff like that, so it's a fine balance, Um, but I reckon, yeah, you play them, and you tell them they've got to hold their spot, they've still got to hold their spot in the team, so there's no good of them, you know, I reckon you've got to play, you can't just play them for one game and drop them back, because it's a debut, they're going to be nervous, you need to probably give them two or three so they feel like they belong, and then as long as they're ticking off the basic KPIs like pressure acts and, and tackling and it's still contributing in that, in that facet, then I'd keep playing them and need to the point where you go, oh, I've got 22 fit strong players and it's probably going to push him or him out and who do I pick and then you go for the one that's contributing more.
0: That's why you're the people's coach, Baz. It all makes very good sense. stock exchange now need you to buy a team, sell a team, and hold on to a team for another week before you pass judgment. And let's start with our sales here. Our fire sale. Who is off the books as of this week, bass
1: Could be Sydney. I might be going early, but with no buddy and Hickey's a massive out, um, I could be selling Sydney up. And I'm definitely if if anyone was silly enough to buy any Collingwood shares, I'd be selling full stock on Collingwood at the moment and. If anyone was silly enough to buy uh, Adelaide, i will be selling them as well.
0: Yeah, I think Adelaide was the easy one to avoid. And you go, yeah, they got some good games against teams. Like, again, like Geelong got everyone excited in round one. But, you know, that's a pre season game for Geelong. And I don't think they cared too much about that result. But good on Adelaide for getting the win. So, yeah, that's going to plateau out. And they're going to probably finish on six wins for the year, I reckon. The Sydney one is interesting because we did say two things like, we always said that, you know, buy now to sell later and the kids will fade later in the season. And everyone's jumped on it. It's like they listen to the podcast, but some of these big major outlets, but they jumped on and said, kids fatigue late in the season. And something we've been saying for what, four years now? But um, so I think Sydney, yeah, well, that decline is always going to happen. And once they start losing key players, that, becomes a lot, that decline becomes a lot quicker. Um, but interesting that you don't have much faith in Sydney to, to bounce back. Considering you had them as your funnels, smokers.
1: Yeah, I, I can see them handling the loss of Buddy, but I, I think Hickey's massive. He's yeah. been, yeah, yeah. And I think you look at teams like Gold Coast, who were competitive and good round one and two, and then they lost wits and they lost all their tools. And you look at any, even Brisbane when they lost Mackinon. Like, I'm, you just look at teams that, have, that don't have ruckman or don't have competitive ruckman, and I think it makes it a lot harder, especially at the moment. And, I mean, they got winnable games coming up. Don't be wrong, bros. I just I'm, just, I'm just a bit wary of where they're at now if they get a few injuries.
0: Likewise to your statement there, if you were silly enough to buy this team, then you should have shame on your face. I'm selling up on St Kilda stocks. I wanted, I saw good things. We saw their ability to score, but if you've watched any football TV this week, you would know that they they don't like to run the other way very much. But also, what's interesting is that. I think someone actually made the comment that they are trying to kind of mimic the, the Richmonds of the world with their forward kind of like, you know, fanatic forward pressing with, with the ball, but they just don't have the skill players at the moment. And so whilst everyone's saying they don't have guts and they don't have run and they don't have defence, I think the issue is, is that they think they're better than they actually are with the football. And so they try and take but a that- kick on and it puts them out of position. So when you turn it over in a dangerous position, it's all of a sudden, well, of course you can't, tackle straight away because your setup is designed to maintain and retain that inside 50 kick, not turn it over to running halfbacks and have to chase the other way.
1: I've always been, you've heard heard me say it a lot, that St. Kilda are overrated and I won't amount to anything. And one of the reasons why I don't think they will was they went and got Brad Crouch. He's not known a lot for his defensive work and he's a good accumulator, but he's not what they needed in that midfield. And they went and got him and paid him money. And I reckon it could be a bit of, We've got Hanbury, Hill, Crouch, and a few others on, on some good money down there. And they recruited blokes to get that good money. And I think there's a few blokes at that club who haven't really um, reached their potential, but they've been constant players, and they might be feeling a bit dirty about that. Mm-hmm. I just reckon the effort and intensity is not there. I think Ratton's got a bit of work to do. And then they're not... They're not got a lot of talent. Their midfield's not that good, and they rely heavily on... Ryan Marshall coming back and hopefully rider, Ryder. So. Mm.
0: They seem like another team that did not manage expectations
1: well at the start of this year. No. A bit like a Melbourne or a Melbourne. Are, who knows? It's, they're five and zip going into it. So who knows?
0: Who knows? Who are you holding on to this week, Baz? Who are you not passing judgment on just yet?
1: Uh, I'm probably going to keep hold of Geelong. Although they, they really do worry me. They really do worry me. And um, I can't remember if I sold Port Adelaide last week, but I might just... You did. To work you,
0: you sold Port Adelaide. So you're going to have to buy them if you want them back, bats
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I'll just hold on to long.
0: Okay. I'm holding on West Coast, even though, you know, it was a pretty convincing win against the, the Pies in the end. I, I am always concerned about teams that do, thing, do one thing absurdly well. It's all right to be a Richmond that does a lot of things absurdly well, but... West Coast relies so heavily on their accuracy at goal kicking that it outlies everything else. They are they are like a bottom four or five inside 50 team. That they're, they're not great at contested ball. They're not great at possessions in general. They they need the they need the marks and they need to kick straight to win games. And you know they kicked at 80% accuracy from set shots beyond 25 meters last week, and that's unheard of. Like that's that should be sub 50. And so, hence the comfortable win. But that will regress. That will come back to the mean. That will come back to fifty percent at some stage. And when it does, then their deficiencies will show. Yep,
1: I, I've always thought West Coast I would ride anyway. So.
0: <laughs> so, in in not so many words, there you go. That's the the succinct nature Ow. of Baz. And, and who are you? Who are you buying them, Baz? Who are you excited about, if anyone, this well, week?
1: Just on West Coast, like they had some injuries, and they still won pretty, pretty convincing against the beat-up Collingwood. I mean, it's yeah. four goals, but, you know, again, they've got some good depth, but I, I still – I just don't – they just rely on, on so few, and, yeah, when they get some players back, they'll be pretty dangerous, but I just don't know – I still don't believe they've got the full ticker. Anyway, um, who am I buying? Well, I better buy back Port, um, and I'll just keep buying Richmond stock. I, I bought Richmond stock last week. I'm just going to keep buying some more, so –
0: Makes sense. It's the easy thing to do. Is that they're probably going to win it again this year. If I had to make a ridiculous statement, it's, it's theirs to lose again. Shock horror. Yeah, That's a story I so we haven't well. seen. Yeah, and uh, I'm buying some port stock as well. Bebaz. they did as we as we warned people they were gettable last week, and you know Carlton should have beaten them, but we knew we knew better than that. We've read this book before, and uh, Porter a good side, and good sides do mature things like winns the games against. They don't use injuries as an excuse. They don't use travel as an excuse. They don't use being tied against a good side of the week before as an excuse. They don't get emotionally invested in results. They had a mature win. Congratulations, Port. You could be a proper contender this year. So buy up. All right, that's into the preview of round six. And there's some good games. And then there's a, a fair few games that you can swap out if you have a... Anzac Day commitments. So uh, the must-watchers are up first, Baz. It's Friday. GOS of $3.17 outsiders against the Dogs. $1.36 favourites. They're playing at Manuka Oval in Canberra. It's going to be a cold, chilly night. Does that mean that the Giants are any chance of another gritty upset win against the Dogs?
1: Mm. They're going to bring a slog, and they're going to try and slow it down. They did that last week at Sydney. They did it the week before with Collingwood. They're going to make it congested and just really hard for the Doggies to move the ball. But they've had they've been involved in two really tight, tough games now in a row at GWS. And just like they've got their injury worries, they've got some young kids playing. I see my catch up to them where Western Bulldogs have been pretty, pretty bruise-free footy the last few weeks. And they also uh the doggies. Generally do all right against the GWS. They've got a pretty good record of, I believe, off top off the top of yeah. I know they battled them last year, earlier in the year when uh, GWS came out and tried to go after the bond. I just reckon the doggies might uh fog them here. Oh, not for them, but it would be a good five, six goals in this, I reckon.
0: Well, that seems to be the format of the year, really, is that if the game is pretty tight for three quarters, there's a huge chance of a blowout in the fourth that we saw like Melbourne Hawthorne, for instance. If there's a difference in quality in the sides, and I think despite the fact that the Giants are being, you know, dogged and determined the last two weeks, mostly on the back of, as you said, a couple of a couple of blokes, then that difference in class and the difference just in energy will show towards the end of this end of this game. And I don't see how the the Giants can kind of close this game in. Like, if you can work out how to close the doggies midfield, then credit to you. You're probably going to be in the top four this year.
1: Well, if you—that's—I mean—that's I mean, probably our biggest concern is well, for the doggies going forward. If they do actually happen to star for and make a real congested battle, but that's what the doggies are good at. They're good at that. But it's whether they overuse it around that congestion because with their hands and they've got enough pressure on them to stuff up those handballs. Charles me been won the watch. He's been good. Uh, I must give credit to GWS, though, with the throwing of magnets around lately and, and changing players' positions and that. And that's, again, something that T you could probably look at. Um, look, I wouldn't be surprised if GWS won, but I have seen the doggies are flying and good on them. They can be flying around five and six. That's good. Um, but I think they'll have too much for GWS. Unless GWS, I mean, this is the hardest thing. We're doing this on Tuesdays. Even if we did it on a Thursday or Friday night, we still wouldn't notice the, Day before with the way teams are at the moment, which is annoying. And I miss the old setup, but I don't know who's coming in for GLUS. So they could get bloody five players back, which we found out last week when we did the preview. And then the next day, West Coast had a fine Ryan and everything out. I was trying to back West Coast by over 40 points, which, geez, they won by what, 30 out of the end. So imagine I had those players well. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the doggies. I think, like I said, five or six goals.
0: Yeah. Doggies are definitely the front runner. The the red box, if you wanted to use a, a greyhound reference there, given they're the dogs. But as you said, I hopefully for the sake of the spectacle and being a, a primetime slot, the Giants bring some uh, some grit in at least the opening stages. <music> the next must-watch game is the early Saturday game. Geelong are hosting West Coast, Geelong $1.53 favorites. West Coast $2.51 outsiders at Gadinia Park. And as I said, I'm a bit you're holding on Geelong. I'm holding on West Coast. This is a real litmus test for both sides. And
1: this is my the round.
0: This is your better the round. Yep. Are you betting on West Coast? Because that's what yep. I'm betting on.
1: Yeah, I reckon West Coast. $2.50. We know what Geelong like to play the slow game style. Uh, yeah, like I don't think it's going to be wet on Saturday. I'm pretty sure Saturday is actually a fine day. Apart, It's probably the only fine day this week. Um we know that Geelong like to play that slow game style. They, they lack talls down in defence. They lack a bit of. They don't have a lot of you know, big marking defenders, which obviously we've seen what West Coast are able to do with their big talls. Uh, even if it's even though the ground's a bit you know condensed, and a bit smaller, I think West Coast um, won't mind that because they got they got the options to go long down the line. Ge- Geelong don't have that at the moment. Geelong don't have any speed on the ball. They lack speed, they lack all that stuff. West Coast have a bit more speed than them. They match up well down back as well with the Geelong forwards. I was reckon they match up really, really well against Geelong down at, down at Virginia Park. And at $2.50, I reckon that's a really good bet. And even at the line, look at the line, see what that is. I mean, if you're getting around 10 points, I reckon that's even a good bet as well because I just think that West Coast will be around the mark and probably will, will should be winning against Geelong. We haven't shown much yet. And I think they're lacking the player quality, especially with a few injuries and the game style just probably isn't holding up at the moment.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And that was the one I had at a pencil for the probably the biggest, well, biggest betting upset of the round. Especially when you look at Cadenia Park is probably a, a ground where you can score more from clearances than, than other grounds, just given to its its weird shape and it's not a it's not a huge ground. And so whilst that does shorten the game up and make it a bit more congested. It means that if West Coast dominate the clearances, in particular the center clearances with the Nick Natz show, then you go into the three-headed beast that is their forward line. Then, as you said, they're kind of outmatched at the midfield, and they're outmatched. They're outmatching Geelong's defense. No worries as well. So, should suspect a lot of marks inside fifty. It's a nice ground to try and take set shots from, especially now that's all all built around stadiums. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Two dollars fifty-one. Watch it roll in as we are load up on the on the Eagles. The next mass watch is Saturday p.m. Anzac Day Eve. The traditional clash in inverted commas. Melbourne, 5-0 Melbourne are outsiders still. Baz, $2.15. Richmond, $1.71. Favorites, they're playing at BMCG, of course. And Baz, I, I think we, we both agree who's going to win this game already. We don't have to say that. But what's a pass mark for Melbourne? A win. That's it. No honourable losses. Nothing. No. It's a win, no. or we don't believe in you. Oh, I,
1: I, I, until they make the grand final, I will never believe in Melbourne. But I'm trying to remember how long ago it was. But I remember Melbourne had a good start to the year. And it was, and Rich, I think it might have been 2000, when, when, 2018, maybe, it might have been the year before. And the first time, that, I think it was actually the first time Melbourne and Richmond played the Anzac um, Eve game. That the boat, uh, Melbourne were flying. I, if I remember this correctly, and Richmond absolutely tout I reckon this could be similar. I reckon the, the Tigers here will just go, you know what, these, cop this, and uh, win by about know, eight, nine goals.
0: There you go. And you remember he's correct there, Baz. That was the 2018 Round 5 game of the MCG. Richmond 15-12-102, defeated Melbourne 8-8-56. And um, that's my concern. Because the this Melbourne side is still made up of the same players, and is run by the same coach. I know Choco's come on board, and he's t- he's taught them how to kick and catch and mark and run, and he's revolutionised their world. And he's done all that craft down at Dendy Park that we that we know and understand that Choco can do. He can change people. We understand that.
1: But what got he a can't recruit the Collingwood somehow.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> what he can't do is he can't rewire these people, and so they like to drink the bathwater the bathwater will be drunk at some stage and it's going to get increasingly hard not to do it every time they win. And we are not used to losing yet either. Like what happens what, when Richmond's up by three goals at halftime? What 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 switch do they flick? Where can they where can they go to? What do they what do they draw on for resilience that they don't have it yet?
1: The thing is as well, a lot of Melbourne's players, like their average players, not their A players, are playing the best football they've played. They're playing it at round five and six so far. So I want to make sure I want to see them doing that at the end of the year under pressure as well in big games. I know you know they've played um some Killer and they've played um, who was it, Geelong and they won. But look at the form at the moment, that doesn't stack up. So don't, 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 don't even start on that. I, I get that they're finally brought in together this whole team which does work and it, it does. Like having the right attitude and the right effort and group mentality is a massive, you know. 10% right there but just seeing these players play their best football they've played and they've got a few decisions now there's like there's a Brown coming there's a Wiedermann coming does that disrupt everything so there's all these things you gotta ask yourself and you know I just reckon that Richmond will just be Richmond is still the best team in it for mine by a country mile and only probably ladies near them and they've got a few injury problems at the moment so I reckon Richmond would just want to be flexing their muscle because Richmond might want to go, what, four and two. So Richmond light up.
0: Yeah. If Richmond lose, it's three and it's three and three. And then suddenly it's all a bit like, oh, will they miss out on the top four this year? The answer is probably not. But so that's the interesting part for mine is that Melbourne to prove that Melbourne to prove themselves, to prove that they're legit contenders need to win this game. Richmond doesn't have to prove anything. Richmond will have not have to prove anything until the finals come. They are the New England Patriots of the AFL. They, people will just now expect them to win everything every single time until they don't. And then when they don't, we'll just next year go, oh, well, that was the year off. They'll win it again next year after that. Like they broke football. Congratulations, Richmond. Congratulations, Dimmer. You've made this no longer fun, even for a Richmond fan. But what that means is they get a free swing and they get to pick and choose when they get to circle games. And I think something about Richmond's mentality would quite enjoy dismantling Melbourne. I'm just proving that, yep, you know how hey, I said there was five contenders for the flag this year? Well, make that four because Melbourne ain't shit. So, as you said, probably another 24-point win to Richmond because they never go above 39 uh, anyway.
1: Out of, out of 10
0: goals, yeah. Anyway. That, was, that, was, that was facetious, I, I believe. <laughs> the last must-watch, Baz. Yes, do we have to? We do. It's Anzac Day game, so you have to watch it but it's going to be a good yeah, spectacle. It hasn't been a good spectacle in many years, so probably not. But Collingwood, seventy favourites, Baz, off a loss. Who would have thought? I
1: don't know, I don't know how favourites. Essendon will be winning this and winning easily. Essendon,
0: $2.13. Yet another Moz bet from you there, Baz. But um,
1: Well, it hasn't worked this year, so it's not a Moz bet. Essendon will win. Archie Perkins will win the Anzac Day medal. Cheers. Next game. I don't want to talk about Con anymore. They get me depressed and down. I had a good weekend. Okay, only one question then. Do Essendon win this because Essendon are
0: better, or because Collingwood is no good?
1: Uh, both. We well, got. Four, we'll have at least five changes as well. Not great. If it rains, who wins? Essendon. We have got to go out, even in the wet. Yeah, so we've got to go out, main out, how out. That's off the top of my head. I think we had. I think we got five changes. So five or six changes. So we're going to debu- probably deb- be debuting a few kids, or we're going to. Well, knowing Bucks, you'll probably bring back some old blokes. Might even bring back Simon Preston, Kama. I hope he plays the kids because at least when we get done, we can say we played a couple of debutants. But I think Essen's kids are better ours at the moment. And like I said, Archie Perkins for the Anzac Day medal. And well done. The
0: opposite alert. I only found one real one that's not a must-watch game there, Baz, and it's uh, the early Sunday game. Hawthorne, $1.64, Adelaide, $2.26, Outsiders. They're playing in Tasmania at uh, Bloodstone Arena.
1: In Tassie, early Sunday. Cheers. Yep.
0: In Tassie, early Sunday. How you doing?
1: Adelaide were disappointing last week. Hawthorne were more disappointing. No, they were good for three quarters. Um,
0: And they lost by 50 points, Baz, to Melbourne.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to tip Hawthorne there, I think. Just... I think it's in in uh Bloodstone, down in Tassie. They they generally play pretty well down there. And I don't know if Adelaide are gonna travel that well this year. And yeah, Adelaide might be the gold Coast of last year, win three or four of the first five or six and drop right off.
0: That's true. And it's not gonna be if you know, if all this fresh ball movement has made a rejuvenated Adelaide, then Tasmania cold on a Sunday is not the place to play that style of football. Cold and windy. Cold and windy. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know why this game is in Tasmania because this game is usually played in, in the in the MCG, historically speaking, because as I'm scrolling through the Footy Live app to try and find a historical reference to them playing in Tassie, um, there, there is none. So there you go. Probably the, that edges back into Hawthorne's advantage there as well. <laughs> So, we'll move swiftly on to the tip and forget spaz because there are a few stinkers this week as well, unfortunately.
1: So, the next two tip and forget games you got, you're going to be good the, ones. Well, because two sides, well, we'll get to them, but two no. teams have been under the pump the most who speak in the media. And generally, teams that are under the pump in the media that week bounce back. Anyway,
0: well, early Saturday is Gold Coast, $2.31 outsiders, home dogs against Sydney, $1.62 favors at Metricon Stadium. So, you're saying that Gold Coast have been under the pump and will bounce back because of that?
1: I can shoot Jews and play what Gary line that said to him uh, about them last night and just get him bit fired up. but Sydney's still just win.
0: there's something wrong with the Gold Coast. there always has been and I think some of it might, as you said you can't be too matey with your with your te- with your team as a coach. I also think you need to set expectations and again a, a, a club that has been built off juniors and elite juniors they kind of you kind of cuddle them, you kind of nurture them because you have to. but at some stage the club has to go, we need to hold people accountable and it just feels like Gold Coast never gets held accountable other than, you know, round six every year. Oh, look at them and they're on the bottle of the ladder again. And then we forget about them because
1: no one follows them. No one cares. Do you know what should we should do? What should he do? It's a bit about work rate effort, uh, setting goals and achieving them. He should do, this is a bit of, this is a bit about me, 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 but you know, Last year, to try and make sure the boys stay motivated and, and achieve their goals and stuff, I joined in with them with all their training and lost, you know, got pretty fit. So maybe he just needs to go, well, I'm not in the best shape at the moment. Let's, uh, I'll put in all his hard work and we'll work together to achieve something. And, you know, something that little might just tick a few of those younger blokes over to, all right, let's get serious here and... Because a lot of them seem like just going through the motions, just happy playing AFL football on the Gold Coast. They're getting paid pretty well because they got they got to have their TPP up around the the ninety percent mark, whatever it is these days. And they're just going through the motions, and they're just happy being there. And they know that you know if they get delisted or whatever, they'll probably get picked up somewhere else anyway. So maybe he just needs to. I mean, he doesn't have to do what I just said, but he can try and find a way to make sure these boys stay on on edge and on point, and try and get motivated enough to. You know, achieve something as a group instead of just going through the motions. Because it does seem like they're going through motions and they use the, the, the excuses about young players and not big enough bodies and all that sort of stuff. But that's been ever since they've been accepted. So I don't think you can use that anymore. And I think it's time to really start trying to build a culture or build something down there that, you know, they've got blokes to re-sign last year, which is great, but now they've got to start winning games of football, I think.
0: I 100% agree. And, but in, until they do that, I don't see how this game is anything but kind of like an obvious Sydney pick for mine, even though you know they're missing Hickey, they're missing Buddy. Buddy at this stage is cream cream on top. I don't think he really affects whether or not Sydney win or lose. It just makes them more fun to watch when he plays for, for obvious reasons. The ruck issue is a big issue, but then Gold Coast are missing theirs as well. So that's kind of like an null and Void argument. And then you go line by line, Sydney's better, better in all, in all facets of the game. Yeah. So I think it's an obvious Sydney tip for mine, but let's hope that the Suns show a little ticker, even just for your for your God move, you know, faith in Stewie G. This one, I can't believe you're buying into bounce-back media hype here for, for Carlton. So the Twilight game on the Saturday is Carlton, $2.30 outsiders, Brisbane, $1.62 favourites at Marvel Stadium. Yes, Brisbane are travelling. They've won travelling before. They, you know, they they made the top four. For, for a reason, I know, but you know, let's not confuse the listeners here. You know, let's not confuse that you are <laughs> buying into Carlton because some people might clip this up, put it on Twitter. Big bustling Baz says we should buy into Carlton that might bounce back because of the media scrutiny.
1: I bought into him into him last week, so um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not that stupid to do it twice, and you know, two weeks in a row. So definitely Brisbane and uh, Brisbane apparently are just going okay according to. I think they'll be all right. So you do want to back that up this week?
0: It'd be interesting if Carlton did win. Then you can you just have no idea how how they work as an entity because are they full of list cloggers? Are they not? Have they not played the kids? Like if they're broken, they're broken. If they're, they're not, they're not. And we believe they're broken. So this is definitely a tip and forget. And. Uh, these games are definitely tips and forgets, Baz. I won't let you have any way about this. So, Freo are a dollar oh eight, and outside the top eight side is a dollar oh eight against North eight dollar outsiders. They're playing at Optus Stadium. When does when do they break the forty point barrier here, Baz? The first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, or the fourth.
1: For, uh, Bob, yeah, that, uh, probably midway through the third because Fremantle don't generally kick straight. Fremantle will win comfortably, but I, I have a feeling that yeah, North put in their dogged game two weeks in a row, they do a blowout. So it could be a blowout. And Freo have been pretty good. So hopefully, uh, not, hopefully not the crap Freo rock up, but the good Freo rock up and put North away.
0: And it is Freo at home where they play a lot more attacking football for, for some odd reason. And the last game, the Sunday Twilight game, is Port Adelaide, dollar 21 favourites at home against St Kilda for 45 Outsiders. Adelaide Oval. Now you want to talk about bounce back ability because of the media scrutiny, Baz. Surely the Saints put on a show here. Surely the Saints try and take it up to the power.
1: Yeah, I'm tipping the Saints.
0: Are you actually tipping the Saints? If Marshall's back in, yeah. You're tipping the Saints at home against Port Adelaide. Yeah, why not? Are you that far ahead? It are you that far ahead of the tipping because you just want to waste one, Baz? Or
1: no, nah, it's just that famous Baz gut feel, mate.
0: You got that wow.
1: There you go. Um, I did a few weeks ago when they beat West Coast, um, and I just got the, the same sort of feel. I think that
0: are they emotionally charged team? Then is that what you're trying to tap into?
1: If I don't bounce back this week, they're 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 in bigger strife than we ever thought.
0: I know, but there's a difference between bouncing that, back that, and and
1: winning. Yeah, but I said that last week as well. But they didn't even give they didn't even give a yelp. Mm. And you've bought back nah, into them? Know. All seriousness, so I'm tipping Port, but I want. I just want St Kilda to show something after everything they've had. And if they don't, then they're in some big trouble. And even I'd even think about a bit of pressure on Ratten.
0: Why not? We, we need a coach yeah. per week at this stage. And so we had, well, we no. had Bucks into, we had Bucks into Teague. So Ratten's the next one, line him
1: up. No, because the effort they're giving is just is, is not over a side that is playing for themselves or their mates or their team or culture or their, or their coach. So I mean, you can't lose 22 clearances in, what was it, 12 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was hmm. and not have someone actively on the ground go, you know, I'm standing up and fucking, sorry, I'm standing up and making this count. Like, I'm. this is not, we're not going to lose this one. We're going to do something different. We're going to go man on man. We'll just, just change it on the field, on-field leadership, just missing. And when, where's the coach getting, the run, like the runners can get out there or I can yell from the boundary? Like, yeah, it stinks. It's something stinks. I said something stinks at Collingwood, and I think something stinks at St Kilda if if they don't show a bit of ticky this weekend. Well, something sticks, Baz, because they're definitely not going to show it, and Port
0: will just keep rolling on under the radar because it won't count as a big win for them because, you know, St Kilda aren't that good. So, tip port, move on. Favorite time, Baz. Money making time. The greenback boogie for round six. You got a hundred bucks to spend, Baz. How are you spending it?
1: Uh, this is a put in take out job. Hundred dollars. West Coast head to head into Richmond at a line. Four dollars seventy six. Just, just, just put the money in and just go back and collect it after the game on uh, Saturday night.
0: Wow, we in out quick as you like. Definitely the way the Baz likes it. But uh, that's for a different podcast. Two short ones and a long one for you, Baz. So I've got doggies head-to-head and doggies to lead at quarter time by more than four and a half. The doggies are yet to lose a first quarter, and I reckon the Giants will be a little bit sluggish after a bit of a dour slugfest against the Swans the week before. And then the second one is Brisbane and Carlton. So Brisbane are yet to lose a final quarter this year, and so I reckon they're due to overrun the blues so they'll win the last by more than two points and they'll cover their line of seven and a half at marvel stadium and um i've also got west coast but i'm going west coast into essendon which will be paying five dollars 67 as my roughy bet there so there we go baz round six done and dusted anything on the cards this weekend mate
1: no just hopefully another win for the boys and then um yeah, I'm off to Wangaratta for work on Sunday for the week, so there could be an interesting uh, week away by apprentice. So there you go, life's, life's funny sometimes, so there you go.
0: Making any, uh, you know, appearances down at the Wangaratta Football Club, you know, guest appearance by the people's coach?
1: Well, actually, I know a few of the Wangaratta boys, so I might actually reach out at Duda and see if uh, he's down there. If not, no, I'll probably just... Uh, we venture into the pub a few times and have a few dinners, but that's about it.
0: Lovely neck of the woods. Everyone loves some rural footy, so uh, we'll catch you live and exclusive from the uh, Wayne Pub next Tuesday night.
1: I'll be taking my laptop and uh, blue ball, and we'll be there.